And then it goes on to say, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets, from morning till evening. And then back down in verse 28, you'll notice that he kept on topic, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus. Now, you think about the ministry that we're, we're going to have in the year to come. What kind of ministry is needed? Is it some new thing? Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Gallagher. And we're continuing the meditation in the Psalms, the Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. I have likened this uh, law of the Lord to the roots of the tree that go down into the rivers of water. The Christian who has his roots in God's word, in the law of the Lord, will have a holy separation. He will also have a happy instruction. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and that law will be instructive to him. It will be interesting. And his delight is in the law of the Lord. He is not under the law as a curse and a condemnation, but he is in it as of liberty and blessing. This law of the Lord to the Christian is a heavenly revelation. And it's not as any other book. It is the very fingerprint of God upon it, not just to the psalmist, but uh, to every believer. And this book is given supernaturally was given by the Spirit of God. This is God's gift to us. And this knowledge is gracious, mercy, and love to us. We need to impress that upon every reader of the Bible. So with this precious word in our hands, we are to come to it with an honest meditation. This holy man, this blessed man, he doth meditate it upon a day and night. He really does it not doing it in the car on the way to church. It means that he really goes over and over. He mutters, he speaks, and he uses his voice as he ponders the word, as if often done by a person in deep meditation. Hence, in the usual sense, to meditate on anything, to think of it, thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That's the command to the Christian. And if we do that in this new year to come, as we give ourselves to truly digesting, receiving, and feasting upon that word, there will be a word for our souls. That brings us to an hourly consecration, day and night. This is the life change and the life value system to live by. To this we bow our whole lives. We climb on the altar, and we give ourselves away. The great need of the human heart is to be submitted to the Lord. And that must not be through fear or discipline, but through the power of the Word working in each of our lives. And with that, we will indeed be changed into the image of the Lord. I trust you will take this Psalm 1 to heart. Make it your starting point for this new year 
and may God work by his grace in you. Let's unite in prayer. Father, we praise thee for the light of your word. What a marvelous book we have. We thank thee that it is the book of the ages. It is the book that is inspired, infallible, and inerrant. It's a map to our life. It is a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. And I pray that you will enable us to dig into it, research it, and discover those truths that will lead us into blessing. Make us that blessed man like the tree planted by the rivers of water. O Lord, encourage your people today for those that are lonely and set aside whatever the reason. We pray that the comfort of the Lord will be their portion, that you will just pour in your grace. And though the outer man be uh, in trouble, that the inner man may be renewed day by day. O Lord, let your favor and your blessing be upon your children today. And may your Holy Spirit strive with us as we seek to walk with thee. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. to let the Bible speak. Thank you for joining with us on the air today. And we're turning now to the pulpit ministry of our Free Presbyterian Church on praying for the preacher and the preaching of God's precious word. Paul did not ask to be a popular preacher. He did not ask that he would have an easy message, but that he would have the mind of God and a word that would instruct, correct, direct, and furnish God's people unto godliness. Now, Paul, as he dealt with those coming into him at Rome, he was, he was cutting against paganism, the paganism of Rome. And he was also cutting against apostate Judaism. So there were real issues that he had to deal with. There was the Greek philosophy. There was the idolatry of the day, the uh, hedonism of the day. And Paul needed the mind of God to deal with all of these things. Now, as you think of the age in which we're ministering to people who come to church today, let's realize they've got their head filled with all kinds of philosophies. A few generations ago, most people were not tainted with the modernism that we uh, have around us today. Most people went from uh, 15-year-old to work in the farm, to work in the field. Young people today, they spend many years in secular schools, high school, university, and they are programmed with the false philosophies of today that twist 
and warp the mind. Today, the preacher that is going to be effective needs the message that deals with these things. And we need the Lord's power to preach. Another thing that we face today is this notion of a new Jesus. A new Jesus. And the whole Jesus of the Bible is being reinterpreted, reimagined, uh, and all of this is, is really now the, the liberalism, the modernism of this age. I want you to notice, and this is why I wanted you to keep your finger in Acts 28, verse 23, that Paul spent his time in this prison cell to all who came in to hear. He spent his time, Acts 28, verse 3, expounding the real Jesus expounding the real Jesus. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him in his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus. Concerning Jesus. Persuading, and then it goes on to say, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets, from morning till evening. And then back down in verse 28, you'll notice that he kept on topic, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus. Now, you think about the ministry that we're, we're going to have in the year to come. What kind of ministry is needed? Is it some new thing? Uh, and with all the issues that I've just been mentioning that are the, the, around us in our society, what are we going to tell men as they come through the doors of the church? What are we going to tell the visitor? What are we going to tell the people who say, what is the gospel? We're going to preach to them Christ. We're going to preach to them the Son of God, who He is, what He has done, what He has fulfilled, and what He can do for the soul of the sinner. And as Paul was engaged in this ministry with all kinds of needs of people hearing the Word, he wrote this letter to the Ephesians saying, And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may make known the message of the gospel. And here he is engaged in preaching, and he's asking for people to pray. I take my cue from this portion of God's Word, this letter of Paul to the Ephesians, and I say as pastor, this is what I need of you as members, worshipers, friends of this congregation. The best thing you can do in 2012 is take the preaching of God's Word to prayer real, earnest, persevering, watching, supplicating prayer. Will you do that? I'm asking you as your pastor, face to face, eye to eye, will you do that? This is the need. Without it, we cannot continue. The situation is impossible. There can be no benefit or blessing. We need the praying of God's people, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me. So that's Paul's engagement. Then there is his sense of obligation in preaching. He called himself an ambassador in bonds. He couldn't run from it. He couldn't turn away from it. And note that it is related to the gospel. He's an ambassador in bonds. What for? To make known 
the mystery of the gospel. Now, this word ambassador, it really is the Bible word presbyter or elder, a senior. He was a man that many looked up to. He was the church planter. He was the theologian. He was the author of so much of the New Testament. And many were looking to Paul to understand how to proclaim the gospel. He was a representative of the gospel. He was an ambassador of the gospel that saved his own soul. Here he was to preach the same Jesus and the same good news that had come to his own heart. Once Paul was in blindness. He was an educated, blinded sinner, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, but on the road to hell. And this is the gospel that saved him. And now he's an ambassador of the message that saved his soul. And every one of us are too. The message that has lifted us out of the dunghill and set our feet upon the rock, Christ Jesus, is the message that we must be committed to. We also see that he was a representative of the gospel that was committed to him as an, an apostle. He couldn't throw away the charge that was given to him, and he was an ambassador in the city of Rome. You remember that message that came to him once in the middle of the night, where the Lord said to him, Be of good cheer, Paul, for thou must testify. For as thou hast testified for me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. And he knew he was not there by some mistake. He was not there by some whim of men. This was the providence of God. This was divine appointment. And there he was to be an ambassador, a representative of the glorious gospel message. Now, as pastor of our church, while I am your pastor, I am an ambassador, a representative, a messenger to proclaim the message of the gospel. And I want you to know today that I am committed 100% to the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Lock, stock, and barrel. From Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. As a dying man to dying men, until the hour that God takes me from this pulpit, I am committed to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus in its fullness, with no deliberate denials of the truth. Now, in any one message, there's no way any man can ever preach all of the gambit of the truth. And any time we have opportunity to preach, we only preach a little portion of it. But we take that opportunity to proclaim it without apology, without any sense of, of shame, but that we have this glorious, wonderful opportunity to proclaim the Lord Jesus. Now, this is where God would have you uh, to worship and to serve and to walk with God. Then I call you to this kind of commitment, because we are all representatives and ambassadors of the Lord Jesus. Now, this comes down to very practical, practical issues. Number one, attend. You can't be an ambassador by not being here. 
If meetings came around and I didn't trouble to show up, I wouldn't be an ambassador of the gospel. And I plead with you to attend. Let it be some awful, awful distraction that keeps you away when the preaching of God's word is taking place here. Bring others. Uh, what a responsibility this is. Now, you think of Paul. He couldn't even leave his home. He could not leave his home. He was chained. He was guarded. He couldn't go out the door. But somebody was going out bringing in the people. Somebody was doing it. I don't know who. I don't know how the message got out. I don't know how they communicated or advertised that Paul was in this particular house. I don't know how they got his address. I don't know how the people came. But somebody went out and told and spread the message and brought the people in. Now, this is a work that you and each one need to take to heart. As we look back over 2012, how many people have we brought in? As we think of the new year, how many people can we bring along to hear the message of the gospel? Supporting financially, well, that's been mentioned in the, in the bulletin, and I'll not dwell on that, but it is important. It is important to continue this ministry. Uh, you see the figures. You see the practical needs. And we ask you to be committed. Committed to this ministry. Committed to the preaching of the Word of God. That it may continue in every way possible in the church, by radio, by outreach, uh, in this area and wherever the Lord enables. And then, of course, to pray. To pray. Watch persevere, supplicate. And of course, the attendance at prayer meetings of the church is indicative of the burden that people have for the ministry of God's Word. I have thought about uh, putting in the bulletin on a regular basis the attendance of prayer meetings. Would your name be there? Are you a prayer warrior in this church? Are you one who has a sense of obligation, as Paul did, to be an ambassador for the gospel. We need that. And we need that from each and every one. And if we're to know God's power and victory and blessing, we need that. Now, the last one is Paul's request for boldness. His request for boldness. I have three Fs that I'm going to leave you with. He wanted to preach fixedly. And I take that from the very meaning of the word. And the whole idea of being bold is just going up to a man's face and stating it frankly. The Bible warns us about the fear of man as the, as the a snare and causes us to feel. The preacher needs to be able to preach boldly in that way of being frank and speaking it as it is. Frank, fearless, fearless. Some things are hard to say to a man's face. It's hard to tell a Christian that he's wrong. It's hard to tell someone that they're going the wrong course. It's hard to tell someone that they're going to hell. We need to be bold, fearless in the message, but also freely. Paul closed his request that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, as I ought to speak. There was a liberty and a freedom that Paul 
uh, knew at times, but he didn't have it always in this situation. It was hard to preach with that chain to his leg, with that Roman guard by his side, with these people coming in, looking at him in his incarceration. He needed a liberty and a freedom uh, that would come from God as he ought to speak. And you know, every preacher knows how he ought to speak. And sometimes we go away and say, boy, we didn't reach the target at all. How we ought to speak. There's a liberty and a freedom that only God can give. Now, the freedom that he was asking, of course, again, I, I emphasize, he was not saying to the Christians at, at Ephesus, would you pray for me that I could get a, a nice church to preach in, a new location to get out of this cell, out of this dungeon, out of this, uh, these bonds? He didn't pray against the bonds. He prayed for an utterance. He prayed for boldness to speak as he ought to speak. Now, the Bible gives many, many promises for the preaching of God's Word. When Moses was to stand before Pharaoh, God said, I will be with thy mouth. In Psalm 81, the Lord says, Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. And then in 2 Thessalonians, that we should pray that the Word of the Lord should have free course, that it should not have obstacles to hinder, and the Lord gives that. And at Thessalonica, they knew that because there were many that turned from their idols to the living God. The gospel had power, and the Lord attended to bless it. In the book of Acts, you will read in chapter 4 of a prayer meeting where they prayed, Lord, that thy servants with boldness may make known the mystery of the gospel. And how did that God ever enter that prayer? The Spirit of God came down, anointed men that with great boldness they preached Christ. I want that to be the testimony of this church. I want that to be the mark of our ministry. I want a boldness. I want help from heaven. I want an utterance from God. I want an enablement that is more than man's. I want something from heaven in my soul as I handle this word that is God's gift to bless the souls of men and women, a freedom, a liberty that comes from God. Now, men and women, there's only one way to get this. There's only one way to enjoy that power, and that's to do it the Bible way, to pray. Call a prayer meeting and cry to God. Will you come? Will you come? We have called prayer meetings already. They're in the bulletin. They are week by week, and there are a few special ones coming up in a week's time. I plead with you to come and cry to God for these very things in Ephesians 6, 19, 20, for utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, I didn't get to the word mystery. The word mystery is not something that is oblivious or ethereal. The word mystery simply means that up until now it has been silent. Nobody has heard it. And Paul did not want to be silent. 
he wanted to open his mouth wide and proclaim it to make Christ known. That ought to be our passion, our burden, our longing, and indeed our joy. There can be great joy in the midst of this, because when God opens our mouth, and when God gives us the liberty, and when God gives us the gift of power to preach, there will be joy, a joy that you can't define it, but you'll certainly know when you don't have it. There's an emptiness, a coldness, a dryness, a dullness, a weariness. But when God comes and gives the utterance and gives boldness, then we know God is here, God's speaking. This is God's way of blessing. And we know that we have a word from the Lord. I want people coming to this church in this new year saying, we're going to God's house because we know God will have a word for us. We know that God will have a word for my soul. I can't afford to miss. And I want to bring my family, and I want to bring my friends, and I want to bring my acquaintances that they will hear a word from God. That's the ministry we need, and we must pray for it. Let's bow in prayer, please. Father, we thank Thee for Your grace afresh today. And I ask, O oh Lord, that we may start this new year with something from God in the preaching ministry of the Word. Lord, we need help. We need Your anointing and Your Spirit in the midst. And I ask, O oh God, as the pastor of this church, that I will never come to this pulpit without a word from God, that I will never come empty of soul, that I will never come dry and barren, but, O oh Lord, that I will come with an eagerness and with a thrill and a bounce in my soul, knowing God has a word for today. God has a word for his people, and I have the privilege of preaching it. And, O oh God, I ask that you would make this ministry to count for thee and for thy kingdom and for eternity. Lord, bless your people today. Lord, we launch into a new year, and we pray we may do so by faith. We may do so with excitement. We may do so with a sense that God is with us. Therefore, all shall be well. Lord, minister to your people and all our congregation, some who cannot be with us today. Lord, bless them, encourage them, and make thy church to be a living witness that many may hear this news of the gospel. Oh, Lord, hear us now. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.lt 
tbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast, and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music